Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we're just going to dive right in. We're in Hebrews 4 and in Ethan's Devo, which you can access at jointhejourney.com. He talked all about rest, really the bulk of today's chapter. So I want to use our time to specifically hone in on verses 14 through 16. They're full of some deep theology, but also really, really encouraging pastoral applications. They read, verse 14, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And when we read these verses, which are somewhat fairly well known in the church, the first thing we should notice or observe is that Jesus is referred to as the great high priest. That's key. So who or what was the high priest? Think about it as the highest ranked religious leader of Israel. It was the highest religious leadership position an Israelite could hold. That was the great high priest. It started way back in Exodus 28. You can go read about it with Aaron. He was Moses's brother and was from the tribe of Levi. And there were a lot of requirements regarding how the priest had to live, which you can find in Leviticus 21. And basically, this role was passed down generationally. It was all from the tribe of Levi. And the Israelite high priest, he'd oversee other religious leaders. He'd wear special clothes. But most importantly, he made sin offerings, not only for himself, but also on behalf of the entire congregation. And one of the most important duties, or arguably the most important duty of the high priest, took place on what was called the Day of Atonement which was the 10th day of the seven month of every single year. So every year, this day would roll around. And on this day, and well, usually, always, he was the only person, the high priest, was the only person allowed to enter the most holy place behind the veil in the tabernacle, later the temple, to stand before God. And after he made a sacrifice for himself and on behalf of the people, he would bring blood from an animal sacrifice into the Holy of Holies, the most inner part of the tabernacle, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat, which was God's throne in accordance with his instructions to the Israelites, which you can find in Leviticus 16. And the high priest, he did this to make atonement for both his sins and the sins of the people. And atonement, it's a big word. Could Google a definition. I, I found this one, which I thought was really good. Atonement can be defined as the process by which people remove obstacles to their reconciliation with God. So what was the obstacle? Their sin. Sin separates us from God. And what was the process? Animal sacrifice and the blood sprinkled on the mercy seat. The priest completed this process so that he and all the Israelites could be reconciled to God or said differently so that they could be in right standing with God. So atonement, the process by which people remove obstacles to their reconciliation with God. I might even say the process by which then for the Israelites, people removed past tense because it looks different now. In the book of Hebrews, this role, the high priest, is compared to Jesus. In fact, he's labeled the great high priest. And this actually just makes so much sense because Jesus reconciles us to God. Whereas the high priest of Israel had to repeat this process every year, Jesus did it once for all. That's 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins. 1 Peter 3.18, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God 
being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Remember atonement, the process by which obstacles are removed and people are brought near to God. Christ was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit that he might bring us to God. The Got Questions website says this, In understanding the role of the high priest, we can better comprehend the significance of Christ offering himself for our sins once for all through Christ's sacrifice for us. We are sanctified and set apart for him. By entering God's presence on our behalf, Christ has secured for us an eternal redemption. That's Hebrews 9.12. As Paul has written, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. Jesus truly is our great high priest. He's the ultimate religious leader for us today as the head of the church. That's Ephesians 5. And he has atoned for our sins. He's made a way past the obstacle that is sin that keeps us from God and separates us from him. Dr. Constable says this, Our great high priest has already proved faithful through suffering and is now in God's presence where he intercedes for us. He's not just a priest serving on earth like Israel's high priests. He's our file leader, and we will follow him through the heavens one day. This great high priest is none other than Jesus, not an angel or Moses. He is the Son of God. Constable points out that this image of Jesus as the high priest is the most noteworthy theme in Hebrews, and really it's a key idea for us to grasp in order to understand the book as a whole. Look at verse 14 again. Since then... We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Dr. Constable made an excellent note on this verse as well. He said, notice that this verse does not say that since we have such a high priest, we will hold fast our confession. It says, let us. Perseverance and faith and good works is not inevitable. It's not a given. I mean, sometimes life is really hard. We have to choose to persevere. Since we have such a high priest, we must be careful to hold fast our confession, to take it seriously, to take our beliefs seriously. The warning in Hebrews 3, Constable continues, is very, very closely related to the Exodus generation and this concept of rest we read about at the beginning of the chapter. He continues, By referring to Moses's and Christ's faithfulness in the house of God, the writer exhorted his readers to remain faithful to their worship function in God's house. The generation in the wilderness, those who'd refused to enter the promised land, the Israelites, they're an example of those who failed to be faithful and as a result experienced loss. They spent the rest of their lives under God's discipline wandering. The Israelites didn't enter the promised land because they feared those who lived in the land. They thought their work would be cut out for them if they obeyed God. They didn't think they could do it. They didn't trust God. And we do that a lot in our own lives. We're tempted to ignore God's instruction and turn back or turn away from that which God says is best. We're tempted to not hold fast. That's when the encouragement of this chapter comes into play. Our great high priest Jesus, he knows what it's like to be tempted, to be a human. That's verse 15. He knows that sometimes we like sin. We want to disobey. But the good news is that because he's our great high priest, he has reconciled us to God. He's brought us near to him. So if you're a believer, God isn't holding your low moments against you time and time again. We can come to God with confidence, knowing that he loves us, even if we've missed the mark or attempted to miss it. We can approach his throne of grace and confidence to find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. When we're tempted to choose sin or when we've made a poor choice, we can run back to God immediately. We don't have to wait and try to clean ourselves up. We don't have to wait for a priest to go into the temple on that one day of the year. 
Christ is our high priest. He's done the work the religious leaders of Israel had to do every year in the past. For us, it's all taken care of. Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross and gave us this future hope when he rose from the grave, defeating sin and death. God's not holding our sins against us. He loves you. He knows life on this earth is hard. So run to him. It's not an excuse to sin, but it's an excuse to be honest about our brokenness and recognize our need for him. I'm so glad he's our great high priest, that he's done the work I could never do. It's all we've got time for today, but I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.